0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Shalom everyone, welcome to HTV and all the other amazing sites that this will show up on. We are coming into Shavuos and it's exciting times and it's really interesting for me to be sharing with you this class on, um, on uh you know, this medium of on a computer, because every year I teach this class to, uh, I don't know how many people, I guess 200 people, two to 300 people in Torah And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's heavy energy. It's like no one's even falling asleep. It's usually from 1 a.m. to 2 a.m. And amazingly, this year, you know, I'm doing it from my house before Yom Tov and uh, blessing you all to have a beautiful, beautiful holiday. And so I'd like to share with you uh, excerpts from the class that I've been giving for years. I mean, I change it up a bit, and sometimes I do something totally different. But the main thing's like this. So there's three times in history. There's three main times in history. Time number one is creation. And then time number two is completion. So there's the creation, and then it comes to completion. So there's, you know, Beresha, Genesis. And then it ultimately comes to Mashiach, Mashiach time. Now, there's a middle time. There's a middle time. It's almost actually smack dab in the middle. What is that middle time? The middle time is is revelation. It's our Mount Sinai. The only thing that ever happened like that. And if you do the math, you know, right now we're in 5780, okay? 5,780. And um, so if you go from zero to, you know, close to 6,000, where we're almost at. So the the revelation at Mount Sinai was was at two thousand four hundred and forty, twenty four forty, which is, um, you know, we're talking about, we're talking about, basically halfway. Twenty four, sorry, twenty four forty eight. So twenty four forty eight is basically halfway between these two times, and and the uh, meaning between creation and completion is revelation, right? in the middle and so the so those times What what is this all about what is this creation and 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 what is revelation in the middle so revelation in the middle is what's it about what's creation about what's it for what are we doing here now ideally we would have figured that out on our own because you could also ask the question why did god wait you know two and a half millennia to say the point, like to say what it's for, what the world's for. Why do you wait? And so the answer is, is that we were supposed to figure it out. We we're supposed to be actually interested in figuring it out. And that's why you'll notice that the, um, that the word for, for the search in life in Hebrew is ma, ma and lemma, like he, like Spanish. K is what, like ma, and lemma is qué, for what, or otherwise known as why, porque means why, and lama, lama, means why. So those that word ma, which is the search for meaning, that word ma equals 45. And the word adam, man, adam, aleph, dalad, mem, also equals 45, because the whole point of being a human being in this world is to find the truth find meaning Just the search man's search for meaning this is why so many of the depressed people are actually just dealing with meaninglessness and so many um, you know god forbid people taking their lives is, is usually because the meaninglessness was too painful to deal with but in fact meaning is the key it's the key and 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 um and what makes life meaningful i'm not going to go into that now but what makes life meaningful is responsibility personal responsibilities is what makes life the most meaningful. And the more you take on, the more you throw away, the more life goes meaningless, the more you take on, the more meaningful your life is. And that's uh, you know, one of the funny things is that, you know, to, to really grow up means to get married, to make a family. And then you like, it. you're growing up. Not everyone has to get married and make a family, but you can, you know, you'll still notice that if you want a meaningful life, you'll have to take on some kind of major thing that's worth living for. And so the same thing with creation is, is God created the world. And that was our period of time to try to figure it out into meaning to be the Adam 45 human being. That is the numerical value of what to claw through the creation and figure out what this world is all about. And you know, where I grew up in LA, you know, we were all big ma's. We were like, you know what's what's the truth what's it all about we searched and we searched and we searched and we were you know we we're kind of known for searching and um and and when you're a big searcher you start to become friends with searchers and you search together and and we did all kinds of uh of searches but what was interesting is that uh is that the, a lot of these kids were like i don't know if they were they were towards the um maybe uh Maybe they, they wanted to have the same amount of dough that their parents had if they were from wealthier homes. So they were like, Okay, the search is over. Like let's go get rich like our parents, you know? And uh or or some of them just couldn't afford the search. Like they had to they had to go to work. They gotta like uh, be part of the system and, you know, make a living. Like you can't sit around and search. Um, I was what you call a trustafarian. Trustafarian is a is a searcher from a you know, a, a wealthy family. And they you can just search and search and search and search 'cause you know, they never really have to face the world. Now, of course, there were plenty of people who could have been trust but they went to work because they wanted to have the money their parents had. Um, I, on the other hand, saw that world and said, no, thank you. I'll just go for meaning. I want to live a happy and fulfilled and in super rich life. And boy, oh boy, oh my goodness. You know, and when Rav Noah Weinberg was promising, you know, that we he would promise us to be happy. He would give us these, you know, he'd tell us that there's five levels of pleasure. You know, you've been stuck at the physical, but there's, you know, there's love and there's having a cause, and there's being creative to to fulfill that cause and, you know, making a difference. And then, and then there's to Vegas with the Almighty and he, he once said to me he says if you give me three months I'll make you happy you could tell that I was like definitely suffering from the millennial meaninglessness um, that was going on as a university graduate and, and um, anyway but boy did he deliver my goodness like I woke up one day like many years later I woke up one day and I was like hmm she uh physical, okay. I, I work, I got a job, I teach I'm teaching at age I'm, I'm running seminars, you know, the possibility of seminar I am okay. Physical pleasures I can afford. Okay, and they're and they're going well and uh, plus I never gave up all my sports, even today. Yesterday it was mountain biking, today it was surfing, and um and uh and maybe tonight's having a beer. But you know, a beer. Mm-hmm. In honor of beer, not our shavuos. So, so the, um, anyway, physical pleasure. Yes. I got married and had like a whole bunch of kids. Love. Yes. Got that. Yeah. Having a cause. Oh my gosh. Like cause forget it. Like, like you can literally wake up and live this cause every day, every minute cause check got the cause, um, the ability to make a difference with creativity, like to be able to be creative and make a difference yeah check yeah no, i couldn't if, if I, there was no way if i didn't listen to Rav Nach, i would ever have the ability to create that be creatively making a difference for people the way I, he gave it to me check which is second class pleasure and it really is pleasurable because it's kind of like being like god because you can create with creativity it's called creativity <laughs> because you're creating things and in in uh and so Check, and last is to Vegas with the Almighty. And I took the uh, Hasidic route, where where uh, connection to the Almighty is uh, particularly uh, emphasized. You know, they, they they make it a big deal when you're when you're in the Hasidic community. You know, like like they, everyone's supposed to connect to God. You know, but but we like you know I, I joined a community that's like it's the emphasis. You know, it's the it's like the point of it all. And so check another check and so like I if Rav was still alive today boy would I I would just give him the biggest hug and I've cried in his presence thanking him for what he did for me and uh, I also got to speak to him like moments before the end of his life and thanked him again because he gave me he this was his promise when I was like when I had about a hundred of these going down my back and uh and yeah I mean, very few people have followed through with a promise like that i mean that's a that's a that's a tall order to give someone like these are the five levels of these are the five levels of of having an amazing pleasurable meaningful life and and he gave he gave all five taught us how to do it and and I've been doing it ever since i mean that's what i do period you know I, I'm not interested in much else, and so I just go for those five on a daily basis and it's what a a day it is, what a year it is every year. Anyway, so what, what am I really sharing though? What's this whole story about? This whole story is about life. You were born, you're going to die one day. I bless you to live a long life, but you were born. And one day you will go. The Question is revelation. Mm When's the revelation creation? You were born completion you will die what about the revelation what about what about what you're doing here what's that what is the you know when are you going to get to the the point of your life like what are you living for and Rav used to always say what are you willing to die for and and you better be willing to die for something because the one thing you know you're going to, in your life, the one thing you know you're going to die. When you have children, the one thing you know is that that person you brought in the world is going to die one day. And so, and so what's worth dying for? What's worth dying for? And live for that. Live for that. What are you willing to die for? Live for it. In fact, this, uh, this uh, rabbi who lives in Svas Ben Sion, uh, Lair, he had a song. What are you willing to die for? Live for. It. What are you willing to die for? Live for. It. <laughs> I was in. I was the bass player of that band about uh, thirty years ago. Uh, that was one of the cuter songs. But what are you willing to die for? Live for. It. And by the way, a lot of us think like, "Oh, die for. I wouldn't die for anything." You know, that's the way that you know a lot of people look at things. But, but you're gonna die anyway. So, what are you living for? We're living for? Yeah, I mean, we're living that we're ultimately going to die. So, like, what's it all about? What's it for? What are you, what are you living for? And uh, and Rabbi Weinberg, so that's all he used to say. He used to say that um, that people are. Um, he used to say that that it's a lot easier to die for something than to live for. it. Like anyone can, you know, like for, he's are he giving the example of the Israeli soldier. You know, you go up to the Israeli soldier, when he's willing to die for I'm willing to die for my country. And, you know, he's wearing the fatigues, got his gun, he's on, you know, all kinds of missions, risking his life. And then, and he says, yeah, but go tell, go tell the soldier, like, okay, so we've got a new plan for you. You're going to wake up every single day and you're going to knock on people's doors and you're going to tell them about the importance of, you know, of like living for, for the security of Israel, you know, you're going to, you're gonna, and you're going to explain to them all the reasons, like the, you know, the little brief, like crash course in Jewish history, everything we've been through and the importance of, you know, that the Jewish people's homeland and all the mitzvahs that are in the land, like, you know, that's going to be your new job for your third year in the army. What do you say? You know, what do you say about that? And so one sec, my alarm's going off for some reason. Hold on. Sent my alarm but it's going off so so you know tell that guy okay third year you're gonna wake up every day you got to get up the same exact time as you do in the army and and just start knocking on doors you'll have to wake people up i guess because it'll be early so i think that guy would rather die than have that happen you understand he he'd rather die than that take place so so can you can you live for what you're what you, can you live for what you're willing to die for? And anyway, so we got birth, we got death, and we got revelation. Now, there's two obstacles to having a revelation. Um, because if you really want to have a revelation about your life, like what you're really here for, and there are ways to do that. And I I highly suggest joining me. I mean, at this point, I'm just, you can join me on my seminars. I'm running a seminar. I have a women's, possibly you. Um, this coming week, or men's one the following week. They're online now, possibly Zoom classes, at a fraction of the cost in there. It's rabbayomtov.com. If you want to go online and check it out, I promise you will not be disappointed or just blow your socks off. Um, Anyway, there's two obstacles, though. If you want to have a revelation, you have to be a vessel. You have to be a vessel for revelation. So how do you become a vessel for Revelation. Well, there's two major issues that stand in the way of revelation, and that is that that one's called rejection, and the other one's called failure. Rejection and failure. Now, rejection and failure are major enemies of people. People will do anything not to get rejected. And people will do anything not to fail. And the thing is, is if you have that revelation, and now you know what you're willing to what you're living for, or willing to die for. Once you have that revelation of what life's about for you. Well guess what? You gotta wake up the next day and do it. Now you gotta live it. You gotta live your personal revelation of what your life's about. And and by the way, that Jews have two different revelations. One revelation is is just being Jewish. Like you may not be uh you know there may be things you should be observing that you haven't been and you'd like to start and and that's one mission but then we have another one that's what i call jewish we have another mission called jewish like what are you doing here because every person has their own mission you know you have a macro mission as a jew in this earth that's but it's macro it's just it's that's why most of our prayers are in the plural when you do a mitzvah you say asher Kedishanu. he sanctified us vanu, he commanded us not about you so much that's why our talis has barcode on it, so God knows who's brain. So the the that's our that's your Jewish side, but then you got the jewish side. And that's your that's a major revelation in life. But to get that, you have to be a vessel. But to be a vessel means you gotta worry, you gotta realize that there's there's fears. You got fears, and the two biggest ones are rejection and failure. Because once you have that revelation of what your life's about. So people are going to be like, I mean, first of all, strangers will be like, whoa, check out that trippy guy with, on a mission. You know, um, acquaintances will be like, here's so-and-so's Mr. Mission. Now, yeah, he just opened a, you know, a non-for-profit for it. He's, he's like hiring people to like do this mission. He's got this whole thing going on, you know, and okay, big deal. They talk about it, but here's the freaky part is the closer they get to you like family members or best friends or people who know you really well, they're, um, they don't like it so much. They're embarrassed. It doesn't look good for them. Like, like suddenly, like, I'll tell you the truth. They don't even know who they are. When you shift your mission in life, when you, when you get your revelation and now you're on fire to do it. So the people who, who, I mean, who are we in identity anyway? No one knows. We don't really know who we are. We get who we are from the people around us. And so, so much of who we are is in context with others. But what happens if you stop playing the game? What if you stop playing the game and you go on a mission? So now you're on that mission. The people who who don't know who they are, but need you to be someone for them, suddenly you're not that for them anymore. And they get defensive. They could even play offense. And you might get attacked. And so we've had, uh, believe me, over the years teaching in ancient Torah. I can't tell you what I've had to deal with with students who, whose closest people, like the straight strangers, didn't seem to care about them getting their Jewish mission together. You know, the macro one, that the acquaintances, yeah, they talk. You hear someone became like a turbo Jew. You know, people talk, but when you got to the in, like the innermost, like they were like, they were like, you better think about it a million times before you start keeping Shabbat. Yeah, because it's going to be very inconvenient for you and for us and for everyone. And, but what they really were saying wasn't about inconvenience, What they're really saying is, I don't know who the hell I am with my son keeping Shabbat. Like that's that's too big an identity crisis for me because everyone's getting who they are based on everyone else. And the clo- well, the closer they are to you, the more they need their identity from you. And you're so anyway. You got the point on that. So that's rejection, and so you, it even means that you might have to sacrifice your closest support people in the world to live your to live your mission, to live your meaning, your revelation. It you might mean sacrificing them, but you should know. I got it. I got news for you. Just this comes from you know thirty years doing this, and that is that blood is thicker than values blood is sticking the that what does that mean that if you get your revelation and now you're going to live it so those are your values that's your highest value on the hierarchy of values in your life that are your directives what are what is the hierarchy of values that's that's what you point at that's your direction so so what happens is they all freak you know they're all freaked out like what happened to so-and-so and uh and not so-and-so whatever you and these are our closest people but the, the blood is thicker because two years later they all come back they're like gee you have courage you know you you become like the Rebbe of the family, you know. You're like, you're like it just puts you in a whole new light. It takes them like two years to get over it. There's some embarrassment in front of neighbors, family members, you know, friends. You know, they they're they're dealing with that insecurity, but ultimately, they um, you know, ultimately it's it's uh, they come around and they all come around. Like it's very rare. I mean, it's happened, but it's very rare that anyone sticks in their heels for forever. A couple of years later. You know all it takes is one grandkid, and they forget everything. It's like, they just want to come hold the grandkid you know and play with the grandkid, and then, you know now, now they've run out of what to talk about, so you, you wind up becoming whole and complete again in conversations. Um, by the way, it shouldn't take a grandkid. Most people come around pretty quickly. Now the other one is failure, and failure is one of the scariest things in the world. Most people taste failure and they spit it out taste it once and they spit it out they never come back for more and that's why you'll notice on airplanes you got the first class a couple people business class more people coach is like it's like a war zone over there there's like fist fights breaking out over overhead compartment now a lot of people like to say there's a lot of competition at the top but really the competition's all at the bottom because everyone's so afraid of failure that they're just going to They're just going to hit their glass ceiling watching the other people go to business class. And by the way, I don't care about business. I'm just using it as an analogy, but the all the competitions at the bottom because 99% of people are scared to death of failure. They taste it once they go the other way. They just spit it out while highly successful, powerful people, people make a difference. They chew on the fat of failure. They chew on the fat of failure because failure is your greatest teacher. The price for success is failure. And so once you're willing to not to not worry about rejection, and once you're willing to not worry about failure, so what happens is you you just, you, you get your revelation. But you gotta become that vessel. You gotta become that vessel. You gotta be willing to be rejected. You gotta be willing to fail many times willing to get rejected, willing to fail. And and once you're there, so then comes the revelation. It'll come to you. You might have to ask for it. You might have to meditate a little bit on it. But the, uh, first of all, the macro one, you know, doesn't require a ton of meditation. You know, it just requires meaning being Jewish and keeping the stuff that you, you know, you feel like you're slacking on. So So that's like, it's all available. I mean, uh, there's rabbis just waiting, and Robinson's waiting and willing and waiting for you to come close and to teach you and, and communities that would welcome you. And the, uh, but the but the you-ish stuff's like, you need, to, you need to be like really clean with rejection, really clean with failure, that you're willing to be rejected, you're willing to fail and and ultimately get there. And the, and because of that, it will come. It will come. Now, there's secrets. There's hints how to get there. Um, you can join me another time in other classes and, and discover the path towards finding your special purpose. So I'm blessing everyone with an amazing shavuos. Thanks for joining me here. Please click sub- click and subscribe, forward, send it on, and uh, let's all have an amazing yomtav. My name's Yomtav. And I literally live for Yom Tov. And, uh, and so blessings for a, a great revelation this Shavuot. Good Yom You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnyTime.com.